love the chase and the hunt and I set the pace when I'm running. I always take what I want and I always give it 100. Don't need a bank. No, Episode six, we talk balls. Welcome back, everyone. It's been a while. Been a full week. Uh, Bryson, how you doing? Good. Very good. Ranch what? is running smooth right now. Very smooth. We are good to go. Got good. a lot of hot takes tonight. tonight. Do what? Goatee's looking nice. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I shaved all this patchy shit off. We're just rocking the goatee. Watch out. Might just rock the soul patch here soon. Never know. <laughs> did you uh did you watch Yellowstone? Is that even a question? I, I had to watch it last night because you know I was on vacation, but did I, you watch the trailer? Watch- did you watch the trailer for the next episode? Oh yeah. I'm worried. I'm ready. I'm worried. I, I'm- I'm still this behind. Is a no that. spoiler episode. No spoiler. No spoiler episode. But I'm after listening and seeing all the posts from Yellowstone on Instagram. I'm worried about the health of Rip. I believe his name's Wheeler. Rip, Rip. Rip's in danger. I feel. Rip's been Rip's been real shady all season. No spoilers, yeah. but he's just been like on edge. Might just be bad. Yeah. There, something's going down. I feel it. It's it's happening this next episode. Anyways, back from his suspension, Cameron Ginner. I'm alive. How you doing? Ready, ready to turn some things around, you know. Okay. I signed, signed a new contract with the week. Over my suspension, I, I took a nice hard look at some things. And similar to the Deshaun Watson situation, I had to apologize for my mistakes to those that I've hurt which was our listeners by making a bad bet. So I apologize to all of them. And that is the first step in getting over what I've been suspended for. You so, sexually assaulted 24 girls? Yeah, congratulations getting on that. I sexually assaulted the bank accounts of all our listeners who listened to go. our bet. Okay. That's okay. good. Good comeback from the Deshaun Watson comment. Yep. For, I was just going for all of our... For all of our listeners, Ginner is here on a uh, two-week contract, so gotta earn my key. Got, gotta earn it back. All right. So this episode, we're gonna go through some, uh, go through the MLB free agency because it's gotten a little wild. Um, we're gonna leave football out of this episode. That will be football episode will be pro- posted on Friday. We're recording this on Thursday, so this episode will be up Thursday night. Football episode will be up Friday, so you guys can look forward to that if you want. NFL and college football playoff talks. Anyways, what what do we want to start with, MLB or uh, college hoops? I do think a little rant to go on before we start. I don't know (laughs) if it's really a rant, but... Is definitely a hot take, and so we're jumping right into MLB free agency. And I'm just gonna say it: the Mets got better this offseason by losing to Grom. Mets got better. Oh, and that's just a fact. You know, I have the ability to mute your mic. It got better without the Grom. Listen to this: last year, Bryson, I don't want to hear any facts. DeGrom is the most dominant pitcher in the MLB right now, potentially ever. If he stayed healthy, he would be the greatest pitcher of all time. Maybe we've ever seen him. Maybe more dominant I don't know what's going on. Yeah, you're not saying a word. Yeah, you're moving, but you're not talking. I'll just talk now. Verlander, last year, made 28 starts and had a 1.75 ERA. He was also hurt for the beginning of the year. I see your thumb, Ginner. Congratulations. Okay. Yes. Degrom. So, yeah, they got. I mean, they got Verlander, but they lost Degrom. Just, just wait. Just wait. Degrom made eleven starts and had a three point oh eight ERA in his career. Verlander's made four hundred and eighty-two starts at the age of thirty-nine. At the age of thirty-two. DeGrom has only made 209 starts because he is very injury prone and had he did have a significantly lower ERA than Verlander, but Verlander's pitch 
over double the amount of games that DeGrom has. Yeah. Verlander's four years older, or sorry, four years older than DeGrom. So not signing DeGrom, who is still dominant, yes, but not, you know, not young. He's not 24. They are paying $6 million more for Verlander, but only have him for two years. And I think that they're going to get more out of Verlander than they will DeGrom. So right now, as of right now, the only major moves that the Mets have made is signing Verlander and they lost DeGrom. So you're saying side by side, you take Verlander over Jacob DeGrom right now. If If you're trying to win a championship right now, DeGrom has been known to be injured, and I would rather have Verlander, who has the experience in the postseason that DeGrom does not have. I know you guys hate that take, but I said I'm starting this off with a hot take. The Mets also went out and got Quintana, who is a average pitcher, but he's better than Walker, and they paid less for Quintana than they did than Walker got paid. And they have very comparable stats. I mean... Quintana actually had a better ERA last year and has a better life uh, career ERA than Walker. Okay. I just lost so much respect for you. Um, Phil? No Mets. Phil, I, I, I respect your opinion. Thank you. I respect it. Okay. But if we're looking at strictly stats, you cannot do that. When DeGrom had 11 starts. You know how hard it is Fair. to keep your ERA down when you have 11 starts. He gave up five earned in four innings against the Athletics in one of his 11 starts. Right there, he screwed. In 64 innings, Fair. he had 102 strikeouts and eight walks. In a career, Verlander has double the strikeouts that DeGrom has in career. Verlander's 45. He's only four years older. Brady has more passing touchdowns than Patrick Mahomes. He's only four years older. So you got to look at time in the league. Verlander was up when he was like, what, 21? This is really. Let me look. I feel like DeGrom came up when he was already in his like mid 20s. Okay, Phil. Okay. If you want to, if you want to argue Verlander versus DeGrom, that's okay. I'm all right with that. You can argue Verlander versus DeGrom. But saying they got better because they lost DeGrom is not they, true. They did. Because they didn't have to pay. But they're paying more per year, yes. But they don't have, they're not locked in for five more years with DeGrom, who very well could get injured for two of those five years. Yes, yes. You, you're correct there. But you have to look at it. If this was football or basketball, you're correct. But in the MLB, it's pretty apparent that how much you're paying a guy doesn't matter. People are going to go over the luxury tax and just oh, yeah. and just pay their fine. They very easily could have signed a Grom and then still signed Verlander. There. Fair point. And, and their, owner, their owner is the most, I think, willing to spend out of – like that guy has come out and said he does not care at all. Yeah, so other, the the, other than the Dodgers, yes. Like, and a little bit of the Padres, honestly. Yeah, Padres are spending money. All right, we can move on from my hot take. I want to start off with a hot take. Okay. If you yeah, if you want to argue Verlander to Grom, go ahead. But getting better after losing to Grom is not true. He's the best pitcher in the league. I will die on that hill. He is pure domination. Never seen anything. Oh, like I'm that. not disagreeing. I think he's very dominant. I'm just hot take here. I do in the stand in the NL East, regardless of whether the Mets resigned Verlander or or not resigned resigned Degrom or got the Verlander. The Phillies are the best team in the NL East, and I don't think it's Phillies made a bunch of moves, good moves. I don't think it's even close. All right, are we all looking at the? uh, We're all looking at the list here. Yeah, Mm -hmm. should go from the top down. All right, Aaron Judge. Honestly surprised. Uh, me too. He didn't. After, so was that. So was that Hayward after, guy. After being John Heyman, he's <laughs> Heyman. He sucks. <laughs> but after being booed 
in the playoffs after hitting, mind you, 62 home runs, breaking the AL record, unanimous MVP, basically, getting booed in the playoffs even though you had a bad series. If I'm him, I'm walking anyway. Like, yeah. That's I mean, just such disrespect. It's one thing being hard. This is how Yankees fans are, though. It's yeah. one thing being hard on your team and wanting the best out of them. And it's another thing blatantly booing the guy that single-handedly by himself carried your team for two months because your team was bad. Like, without him, the Yankees, I think, missed the playoffs last year. Uh, I agree. They yeah, went through that stretch from late July until basically the end of the season where – their offense was him. He was the only person on that team contributing consistently. Well, yeah, that and you add on the fact that they had to move him to center field because Hicks was that bad defensively. And Yeah, and it's not and like – And he locked down in center. Yeah, it's not like he's a straightforward, like, tried and true center fielder either. Like, I mean, he's a good outfielder and he's good wherever he's going to play. But the fact that he's, a, he's built like a corner outfielder – he plays like a corner outfielder and had to be moved. And after all of this, the fans still having the nerve to boo him. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't think he had any interest in signing. Like, he didn't show any, like, want to stay in New York. That's why I was surprised. So, yeah, I thought you guys were going to San Fran. Do you think that the San Francisco thing was leaked by, like, his team, like, the, his free agency, like his agent or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He's to get him more money. Yeah, I mean, that they all do that. That he was in San Francisco, and I'm sure he was there having a serious meeting. He's from – I think he's from the area. So, like, he was going to be there anyway. But, hey, good for him. Guy caught a – He's making $72 a minute. Oh, yeah. Can we – I saw – We'll pull that up. This this can be our stat of the episode. Stat of the episode right here, Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge makes 76 – this is before taxes, but still, you get the point. $76 per minute. So I was off $4. $4,600 per hour. $110,000 per day. And $770,000 per week. That's I love good that. Income. A good income. He could he could pay my college tuition in six hours. <laughs> what is I do, this? I do. I saw something on Twitter and it kind of sparked an interest. So Aaron Judge and Bryce Harper, same age. Harper's on a deal that's worth considerably like a lot less. Right now, would you rather have Harper or Judge on your team? Harper playing defense? Yeah. Hypothetically, he's healthy. Play- they're both playing defense. They're both healthy. Uh, Harper. Um, I'm taking Harper. He's been more consistent. I mean, ever since he got in the league, he's dominated. I mean, Aaron, if Aaron Judge does what he did last year, not saying he has hit 62 home runs, but if he's hitting 45-plus home runs and contributing a 290 average and defense, then, yeah, I'm taking Judge. But as far as consistency – Harper is Harper's the guy I would want to have, especially if he's playing defense. I think, I mean, it's – Judge is coming off the best year of his career. So everybody's looking at that. But Curtis, you said that consistency. Bryce Harper, I would take him over Aaron Judge. Um, lefty bat, a lot of pop. And he makes adjustments. Like, he can adjust – to any pitcher he can he has his two strike approach is great he he can just poke it out there if he needs to like if he's not in a rhythm he can just slap a base hit like and he plays a good good defense when healthy um yeah and he's a vocal leader to the team i would definitely take bryce harper over aaron judge and he's consistently like produced when it matters yeah he's clutch he's big time clutch so not the judge isn't because I mean, one bad postseason doesn't determine how clutch you are. But I mean, just done it since he came up, basically. So. And I mean, in judge's defense, he was in 
looking at on paper, the Yankees have a very good lineup, but as far as performance last year, their lineup was very underwhelming to the point where like that stretch where Judge was trying to get a 60-second home run, he was averaging like 2.3 walks per game. Yeah. Because they had no reason to pitch to him with the rest of the lineup. Next person, Tria Turner. Tria. Tria Turner. Stud. Got a bag. He's a stud. Top, I don't even know. I think he might be the best shortstop hitting-wise. Um, he's, he's a stud. That's a get for the Phillies. I mean, they were already good last year. They're going to be even better next year. They that That is a position. Middle infield was needed. Um, Segura getting kind of old over that second it was needed to go out and get a middle infielder and they got it there um trey turner a let um uh, sorry i don't have his contract down what did 11, he get 11, 11 years 300 yeah that's a bag and it's going to be great to see him in a phillies uniform for the I next 11 say, years two things to say about this one the phillies are about to be amazing um that's just I mean, they were already really good last year, but they're going to be ridiculous because Trey Turner is a stud. But the Padres actually offered him more money. Really? Yeah, they offered him 11 years, $326 million. So he turned down $26 million. I saw a lot of people saying he just didn't like being on the West Coast, which is fine. I mean, going from the Dodgers to the Padres, I'm surprised the Padres are going after a shortstop too. Like heavy. Yeah. I saw Tatis. They're they're considering moving him to the outfield. Which would gonna have to. I think it plays better anyway because I mean all of his errors and he did have a lot of errors last time he played. All of his errors are throwing errors. Also he's but they got Kim, who's a good defender. I mean, he's not a stud or a star or anything, yeah. but he's a good defender. He'll hit eighth or ninth, hit his body weight. But they have like Barely. five or six shortstops on their roster, like starting lineup guys. They're he's, they're just yeah. gonna have to move around. As good as in Cronesworth, as you call him, Phil. Cronesworth can play shortstop too. Yeah, and they already said Kim's playing second, so Cronesworth's gonna have to hop over to first. I think they should be spending their money on pitching. Their lineup's already so good. Their lineup's going to be really good. Um, they do need they do need pitching. You're for sure there. I mean, I mean, every team they lost pitching too. Yeah. Uh, before we hop off Trey Turner, this might be a hot take. I think this is a bad deal for the Phillies. Really, Trey Turner is going to be forty years old when this contract is over. That's true. And although he's a great hitter and a great athlete, the first thing that goes with age is his speed. And his he's like a, he's like the third fastest player in the MLB. Yeah. So his speed's gonna go after five or six years. Not saying he's gonna he's be- will decline too. Yeah. So I think eleven years is a little bit of a stretch for a yes. a speed guy. But if if that's what it takes to win two or three World Series in the next six, seven years, so be it. Yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. I just think towards the end of the deal, it's going to be a, a wash. All right, next guy, I have that same opinion about. I think the Bogart signing, what are they doing? 11 years? He's going to be 41. Gonna be 31. <laughs> 41. Yeah, like – no, like this, he's he this next season, he yeah. will be 31. 31. So then you're putting him at almost 42 by the time of his last year of his contract. What are you doing? Like, I get you're, that they want to do a DH at some point, I guess, but I mean, he's a he's a good player. I, I like Xander Bogarts a lot, and he he definitely got paid, but 11 years is a stretch. <laughs> It's a stretch. As a as a Red Sox fan, this does hurt a little bit, but I'm really not surprised because I knew once we signed Story, that meant that we're not going to sign Bogarts so that we can also pay Devers, which I'm okay with. Um, I love Bogarts, one of my favorite players in the league, but 
11 years is a long time, and Bogarts is not the best defender. I'm not saying he's bad. He's a bad defender by any stretch, but he's just – he's very average. He's very average yeah. defender. And he hits 290 every year, and he's going to rake. But paying $280 million for an average defender, they should have – they should have went and got Correa, I think. Correa's got a better glove, and he's younger, and he has a higher upside, I think. Market for Correa after these contracts that oh. have just happened. He's gonna get he's gonna get more than Bogarts for sure, more than Trey Turner. Trevor's story's probably what do you think he- uh, I don't know. It depends on how many years he wants to be there. He doesn't strike me as a guy who wants an 11-year contract. Well, he signed whatever the Twins' original deal was. It was, what, like six years, and he had an opt-out after the first year? Like, he had a, like a, a trial year? Yeah. Yeah. I think he had an opt-out after each one. And I, I think that's smart, though, because you see what they got paid last offseason. So now the market that they have, like – and financially, I mean, he's getting whatever he wants. This, oh, yeah. This offseason. Especially since shortstop's such a prime position. But this is an insane year for shortstops and free agents. When's uh, when's Tim Anderson going to the market? No idea. I believe two more years of control. Okay. Could be wrong, but I think it's two more. Gator, sorry for your loss, by the way. Abreu going to Houston. Now, vulgar things were yelled throughout my house that day. I was very sad, but I mean, he's going to be thirty-six for- next year. But he's overrated. Yeah, so he's fine. he's old. I I would cheer for that man no matter who he plays for. So, for the listeners, we're talking about Jose. Houston. I won't cheer for Houston, but I will cheer for Jose Abreu. And from a fan standpoint. It sucks because he's been like a cornerstone from when we were horrible, like worst team in the league to supposed to be competing for a championship. We our owner won't spend money, but I'm not gonna get too far into that because I'll talk forever. But like from a standpoint of like a GM, like we have a young first baseman that I'm not saying is gonna be as good as him or gonna be better, but has the potential to be. And he had to play the outfield last year, which is guys that have all played baseball, you know, it's playing in not your position affects you hitting as well, because when you're bad in the field, sometimes that can carry over to the plate. So from the perspective of a GM, like the move to not resign him makes sense. If I ever met Jose Abreu, I'm cutting off that stupid ass ponytail beard. Yeah, that's good. I'll give you. I hate that. I'll give you that. I hate it. It makes me not like him. I just look at him like, you look like a dipshit. Likeable guy. Such a likable guy. I doubt it. Right. We already kind of touched on DeGrom. Yeah, we were talking to DeGrom. Five years, 185. Um, Texas still going to be irrelevant next signing. Yeah, until the Rangers until – until Simeon and Simeon start pulling his weight, I mean, Garcia's – Looks like he's going to be a stud. Um, Seager already is a stud. Jonah Himes looking good. I was going to say, Jonah Himes turning into a top five catcher. Not there yet, but, like, if he progresses like he has he's last year. He's too, isn't he? Yeah. Like, yeah. He, he's he's good. Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, it really and, comes down to Simeon. I mean, they gave him, what, $300 million to hit 180 And it goes under the radar, but – if you guys get a chance, look up Nate Lowe's stats from last year. Yeah, he, he had a good year, too. Mashed. So, like, they've got a good team. And then – No pitching. They, they've got pitching. And bring lighter up. Yeah, bring lighter up. They've got, they've got some guys, though. Like, they're, they're a team that, like, kind of – I'm trying to think. Last year team. Like, honestly, the Padres, who – like have the talent and then finally put it together and made a run. Like I could see them easily doing that. Like they have the talent. It's just a matter of putting it all together and going. All right. Sugar Diaz. Sugar Diaz stays in. That was a 
that that's I mean, there's not much to say. That's great. No, he's Mets never fans leaving. love him. He's never leaving. They love that guy. No. That the trumpets, they never leave in the Mets. So also, I feel like he's been in the league for like 10 years and he's only he's turning 29 next season. I mean, yeah, is well, that really his age though? He started fair. Good. I mean, he started with the Mariners when he was 20. But oh, you, know how, you know how dominant you are when you have the year that he had and he threw 100% fastball slider? Didn't even didn't even throw a changeup or any third pitch? He was the best closer in the league last year. It's not even close. No. So that's a great sign for the Mets. Yeah. I, I, I knew he wasn't going anywhere. Uh, this one is – the biggest fu to Chicago ever. <laughs> yeah, this is this is bad. This is off, signing to the bitter rival of your former team, but two, this is on the Cubs. How do you not trade him? Yeah, they should have dumped him. Do also, you keep him to him just signing to your biggest rival? Like I love it. It also it was it wasn't said, but we are talking about Wilson Contreras. If you're not yeah. familiar, yeah. Yeah, I thought he was getting traded the deadline. The Cubs should have. I don't know why he wasn't. The Cubs knew he wasn't going to re-sign, so they might as well got something for him. It just, I mean, and then to go to St. Louis of all places. That's hilarious. I love it. It's a good slap in the face on the Cubs. I hate the Cubs, so. Everyone hates the Cubs. That's a great replacement for Molina. So it'll be a better replacement than what he played last year. So the Cardinals will be legit as they were last year. They just got to put it together. They don't have that like front of the line starter. No, they need a they need a starter. They need Flaherty to bounce back because two three years ago he was that guy, and then he was last year. Injuries have kind of messed with it, but like they, if they really want to be like that team that like you want to stay away from in the postseason, you got to have like one like lockdown lights out pitcher. You have to have at least one. So, all right, we already touched on Verlander and Walker. I'm going to skip down here to a signing that I really liked. Or I really didn't like. Sorry. What are the Cubs doing with Bellinger? Why are they giving him that much money? Great signing. Great signing. Oh, oh I hate it. No. So $17 million. They have one year to fix whatever his problem is. Now, I don't think he definitely has a problem. I mean, you don't just go from MVP to bottom of the barrel for a reason. He has an issue. But he's also a fantastic defender. So if this one-year child doesn't work, they get a good defender and a guy who will still hit 20 home runs. But if they fix whatever he has going on, I mean, we've seen his ceiling. Yeah. So I I respect the signing. I I don't like. If I'm being because I hate the. If I'm being honest. I wanted him to come to the White Sox. One, like everything you just said, like if you look at him three years ago, and you're telling me he's going to sign for $17 million, I'm saying jump on that immediately. So, obviously, I think it's still a slight overpay for what he's given the last two seasons. But also, in the same sense, we know what he can be, defense. And the left-handed hitting outfielder with Juice is kind of, like, just hard to come by. Like, you got to have – so I was hoping the Sox signed him because that's what we need. But I will say – he is going to be playing in Great American Ballpark a lot and as a hitter's park. So he's probably going to hit a significant amount of home runs in there. Um, and it is in Chicago, which is in Illinois, and he can smoke as much dope as he wants. So good now. Definitely could have done that in LA, but the Windy City. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. He signed somewhere where he could continue. Yeah. Well, if you look, ball at, does jump in Chicago, so I he could have a really good year. If you look at comp- comparability, like Mitch Haniger is getting fourteen and a half a year. Haniger is he, like here, and his ceiling is right above that. Whereas Bellinger's down here, but his ceiling is so high that 
I mean, it's worth a shot. $17.5 million for one year is nothing in this day and age. Especially for a team that has a ton of cap because they don't have any actual major league yeah. caliber on their roster right now that's, like, not on a rookie deal. Yeah, it's not yeah. like if he plays bad, he's not hurting him. If he plays well, it's not like they're going to win the World Series. Right. So it's really low risk, high reward, honestly. I I like it. Uh, that's pretty so, much all the signings I want to talk about. You got any more? I would like uh, to give a, I would like to give one shout out to uh, Martin Perez, who just got himself twenty million dollars for one year after having a seventy five ERA with the Red Sox two years ago, and then he goes to Texas and balls out. So respect to him, but also I hate him. Uh that's all I have to say. One, as a White Sox fan, Clevenger signing, I love that. I know some people weren't a huge fan of that, but you also got to think when he was in Cleveland, he was a really, really good starter. So I really like that signing for the White Sox, especially for 12 mil a year. I think that it's not a lot of money for a guy that could be a really good two. Also, under the radar, Resigning Clayton Kershaw for the Dodgers, I think it's huge. Because I think people forget, just because he's been kind of hurt here and there, that one, he's one of the most dominant, if not the most dominant pitcher of our generation growing up. But two, he's also been a really, really good starter, even the last three, four years when he's been considered washed and old. So. We're still looking at this list. There's a ton of really good free agents left that I am ready to see signed. Um, obviously, Correa's at the top. But, you know, Syndergaard, the Phillies, in my opinion, got to go back after him. I think he'll continue to help them. Um, you think the Red Sox are going to sign Evaldi back? Uh, I, I highly doubt it. Is he was he's so he's so prone to giving up home runs. Yeah, he'll throw four shutout innings and then give up a two run bomb and then his outing was just shot. His velo is down a lot last year. I mean, when the Red Sox made the playoff run two years ago, everybody watching him start. He's pumping ninety eight to one hundred, and last year he was like ninety three, ninety four, and that really hurt him. But I'm sign Rich Hill back. He's gonna be 43. He's a dog. <laughs> Dick Mountain. I love Dick Mountain. That 70 mile an hour curveball. I do think that if you're a a team looking for depth in pitching, like a, a playoff team, after watching Johnny Cueto pitch for most of last season as a White Sox fan, I think that's someone that you could get for pretty cheap and two, like you know what you're gonna get. And he was he was really solid for us. So I could definitely see gonna... like maybe the Phillies or even the Braves, like that needs pitching depth going out and signing him because that would I think he's still got a year or two left where he's gonna be at least a serviceable four or five. Uh where's he at? Rodon's a free agent. That's a that could be a really good get. He's going to sign for so much money. I know. That's going to be a big signing. But if you got oh. the money to spend, that's going to be a top-of-the-rotation guy. The, I think the Giants lost him, too. If Judge signs, I think he stays. But with them losing him, I think that – I mean, the Giants aren't going to have their glory year like they did two years ago in 115 games. Right. I think the – uh Rodon would fill a lot of holes for the Chicago White Sox. If they could get a guy like him, that'd be great. Oh, you mean the guy you already lost? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, he ain't coming back. And the White Sox management is a joke. I'd like to Let's give see. a shout-out to Mr. Bloom up in the Red Sox front office. Our bullpen was god-awful last year, and he got Kenley Jansen and Chris Martin. Now they're approaching age 40. Yep. Clap it up, but those are solid bullpen arms, which is what we need. Yep. Uh, hey, better Chapman's available. Chapman, Kimbrel, they're both available. Go get them. I was just about to ask, 
Do you guys think Chapman plays another game for the major league? Yeah. 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 Even after that situation. Yeah. Yeah. I think he'll go somewhere big, you know, somewhere where they don't, they'll be able to contain him and Mets. No, Mets don't need him. I I don't see him going West Coast. He's going somewhere. I mean, his, his splitter was, had the lowest batting average of any pitch in the MLB last year. Yeah. He's still dominant. Don't care how old he is. Don't care about any of the drama last year. He's going to go somewhere. I mean, Marcel Zuna got a DUI and clubbed his wife, so. He's still around. Gavin's getting a job somewhere. Fair. Okay, before we move on to call shoots, um, I would like to make a statement about my feelings being hurt this weekend. I was in the happiest place on earth. I went to Disney World. There was magic in the air. I was on top of the world. And I saw Trey Turner got signed for $300 million. I was talking to Lenny's brother about it. And she looked at me straight in my face and said, why weren't you better at baseball so you could be in MLB? (laughs) I was left speechless. I almost cried. I did not rebuttal, though. I almost asked her, like, I don't know. Why aren't you an actress? Why aren't aren't you making $300 million? Why aren't you dancing on Broadway? Exactly. But I held my tongue. Boy. Because I was in the happiest place on earth. Yep. Phil, Cars Hotel, amazing. There's a Cars Hotel now? It is so badass. It was was one of the coolest things I'd ever seen. In case you guys didn't know, big Disney fans on the podcast. We love Disney World, not Disneyland. Fuck that place. But Disney World's awesome. It is great. Best place to go. Yeah. I'm going to have to take a trip down there. Cars Hotel is nuts. Uh, You need two for one ride. One ride only. The Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster is the greatest ride it was it was so we'll ever get on right well i'll have to go again for the 13th time all right college hoops i'll start off because i watch i watch a lot of college basketball we'll start off with a little indiana talk for our uh indiana followers let's talk the hoosiers Uh, huh TJD, triple-double. Yep, TJ, TJD. Third IU history. Yep, got a triple-double last night. The team was literally trying to get it for him. I mean, they just gave him the ball and said, all right, go get your last assist. Um, he got it. Congratulations to him. Hoosiers, a uh, big win last night for them. Um, not a great shooting performance. Um, but overall, I mean, they won a game that, yes, they probably should have won, but still, yeah, you never know. Um, uh, are they legit? I'm not sure. We're going to see here in the next um, couple games. They have really big games coming up. Um, I'm trying to think of their schedule. No, they I think have they Kansas play and Kansas. Yeah, Kansas and Arizona Saturday. Kansas is next week. Um, we're going to see if they're legit or not. I'm. Hood Shafino is definitely legit, and so is Trey Jackson Davis. He's, you know, top 10 player in the nation, in my opinion. Um, we'll see if if they can get Which it I, done. That's versus, hard for me to say. It is hard for me to say as a Purdue fan, but, you know, he is a top 10 player in the nation performance-wise this year. Um, as, as far as IU basketball, or as far as college hoops in general, I watched the big games. And then I keep up with scores, but I watch IU more than anybody just because my roommate watches every IU game. They're going to be screwed if they have one tournament game where TJD gets in foul trouble. Yeah. Because then it's just Hutch Fino and the Xavier Johnson show, and Xavier could score four points or 30, and you never know what you're going to get. And the the backup, Geronimo, is – he he it sometimes it's like man that dude's a beast and then sometimes it's like dang has that guy ever touched basketball like when he shoots a three i don't know what the fuck he's doing 
But he he just needs to take that out of his game. Yeah, they're so they're so up and down. And they're a team that if they get down early, I don't think they can come back because they just can't shoot. Yeah. Unless it's at home, because I'll give it to them. That that atmosphere has been electric this year. I will I hate saying that as a Purdue fan, but the atmosphere has been great for the Hoosiers this year. And you know, Woodson has something to do with that. Um boilers. Is it good? Go what? Right. I was gonna say it's to kind of to talk about the Boilers. It's a good time to be a basketball fan, a college hoops fan in Indiana because both IU and Purdue are good. And then Notre Dame's actually been pretty good too. Yeah, Notre Dame's been very so, solid. I'll I give it to Indi- them. And then there's Butler. I believe Indiana you know, State started. Indiana State's good. Then there's Butler. Not that dog on Butler because I think that. Thad Mata is a really good coach, and in a couple of years they'll be really good. But they just don't got it right now. I mean, they're middle of the pack, you know, towards the towards the top in their conference. But um, we know you have boilers. Let's talk boiler ball. Boiler ball. Uh, got a win last night. Actually went. They played Hofstra, uh, which for a mid major team they were actually pretty good shooters. I'll give it to them. Uh, they just couldn't defend Edie, and I don't really know anybody that can in the nation. Um, in my eyes, national player of the year right now, just because he's been dominant so far. Uh, we'll see how that goes in conference play. Um, but a guy who he had 31 and 20 the other night in a conference game versus Minnesota. I mean, the dude is gigantic and just dominates the floor. Well, the, I think the biggest difference between like what we're seeing out of him now and what we saw in the past is like, he just looks bigger. Yeah, which I don't know how it's possible. When he came in, he he was all, obviously always tall, being seven one or whatever it is. Seven four. So like had no like he wasn't a force down there. Like no. yeah, he was everybody, but he wasn't like being able to move people around. And now I feel like he's kind of filled out enough to where he looks like like that dude in college basketball. The, the difference I see between I watch a lot of basketball between IU and Purdue and the difference I see and that's not just a bias but I think a lot of people see it, is the depth that Purdue has compared to IU not that IU doesn't have depth but the guys coming off of Purdue's bench are guys that probably should be starters I mean we have a grad transfer or not a grad I think he's just a transfer played started at Utah last year um yeah first has been starting but normally comes off the bench Kaufman Wren. I mean, those are guys that should probably be starting on a team. They're coming off the bench um, and contributing. I mean, everybody's contributing in some way, shape, or form. Edie's, you know, the only guy who's like, oh, yeah, he's the guy on the team. But other than that, I mean, Lawyer, Smith, they all just contribute their own roles. They Nobody steps out of the role, and I love, I love it. Painter's doing a great job. With Gillis Hurt, too. Yeah, with Gillis Hurt, we've been playing the last two games without Gillis, and we've actually looked really good without him. Um, I would like to see first stay in the starting lineup and Gillis come off the bench, personally. Um, But I know they like to play first in more of a five role when Gillis is there compared to a four. But we've we've been doing good. I'm very happy. I think the biggest thing with Edie – um, you can tell he just like fundamentally has gotten better, but his conditioning because I know you guys had Williams last year, so they kind of just switched him on and off. Yeah, but Ed played 32 minutes last night in a non-conference game where Purdue won by 20. Yeah. Where last year I don't know if he played more than 20 minutes in a single game. He didn't because he's get. I mean, he's seven four, 300 pounds. Like, yeah, it's gonna be hard to get up and down the court. Right. He he moves really well for a guy who's seven four, three hundred pounds. Yeah, he does. And it did it did not used to look like that. So credit to him and whoever he's been working with because yeah, he does. He used, look to, he used to look like Rob Bob running down the court. <laughs> Old Rob. <laughs> that guy was that guy's built on tilts. For those that aren't familiar with Rob Bob, if you sneeze near him, he would blow about five yards back. Yeah. So you guys have never seen Rob Bob, just look him up on YouTube. Um for any 
any comparison to his athletic or uh, coordination ability, he was on LaMelo Ball's Spire Academy team. He's seven foot eight, and he played on the JV team in high school. Bob, love the guy. <laughs> All right. Um, two more quick teams to cover for college hoops, then we'll be done. Um, Houston, are they legit to be able to win a national title? If you guys have not seen this stat, because I did some research today, the most points that Houston has allowed this this year is 56 points. That is the highest amount of points scored against that they have allowed. That's pretty damn impressive from a defensive standpoint. If I'm being completely honest, I have not watched them play. So I couldn't give an opinion right, sure. I've seen scores and stuff, so I know that they're good, but I haven't actually watched them play. Pretty good. I'll give it to them. Earlier in the in the show, a couple episodes ago, I was really pissed off that Purdue was not number one. But after looking around today and watching some film, I, Houston's defense is freaking good. Yeah, and they're gonna, they're about to get two tests. They got Alabama on Saturday, and then the following Saturday they're at Virginia. Yeah, so we'll see in these next two weeks if they are legit. That's a tournament team right there because if you have good defense, you're in yeah. every game versus yeah. if you, if your offense is off one game on a team that can't play defense and you're screwed. Very true. Um, last team that I want to cover here is um, UConn. Are they back? I know you guys don't follow college hoops a ton, but UConn has been down since for a couple years, I believe, and they are currently ranked fifth. They are 10-0, and and they beat number eight, Alabama, and number 20, Iowa State, and Florida and Oregon, who are very respectable teams. Again, I know you're lost in this, but they, um, they're, they're pretty good. I'll give it to them. Um, fifth, I I definitely think they deserve fifth, and they will probably move up with uh, Tennessee, I believe, lost to Illinois this week, as Purdue will move up too. So I could see them possibly moving up three. Yeah, I mean, they're about to start Big East play. So with, I mean, Butler, I we talked about, not great. Villanova's not as good as they usually are. But I feel like every Big East – between Villanova, Xavier, Providence, Creighton, those are just tough places to play. So they're about to get tested. Yeah. I'm, I this is where the the real college hoop starts because conference play is getting ready to heat up. Yeah, I do love conference play college basketball. I mean, that is just some damn good basketball being played. I I am a big fan of the Texas Longhorns this year. Yeah, I love their coach. Brad Beard is a genius. You mean their assistant coach, Pat McAfee? Yeah. 24-year-old 20, Marcus Carr, 15-year senior. He's the new Perry Ellis, except he doesn't look 50. That guy's a dog. They've played a really hard schedule. I mean, you can say what you want about Gonzaga, but they put up 93 on him and beat him by 20. Beat Creighton. They just lost in overtime to Illinois, but Illinois is a good team. So it was. It was Illinois beat Texas, not Tennessee. That was a game. I watched it. That was a game. Marcus Carr uh, hurt his calf going into overtime. He did play, but he was hurting. But all right, I, that's all I got for college hoops. All right, one quick. I want to show this graphic. I can't find it. It had the uh, – I don't know who posts them every week. It has the number of top 25 teams per conference in college hoops. I know Big oh, Ten. Big Ten takes yeah. that, I think. No, they're second. Oh. Who posted that? It's right. It's SEC and then Big Ten and then uh, Big 12. I don't know who posted it, but I thought 
but the quality of teams, again, it's gonna they're gonna start eating each other when it comes to conference play. Just like they always do in football. But I'm cheering. That's all I got. I'm a Notre Dame fan, so obviously I'm cheering for Notre Dame, but also I don't really have any beef with Purdue or IU, so I'm just cheering for Indiana Hoops. Go Boilers, baby. Go Indiana. Go Grady in the back. Grady. Is that Grady's jersey? That is Grady's jersey. It is his practice jersey. Straight off yeah. his back. We both got it. Straight off his yeah. back? I'm sure it was washed. Oh. I, I, I hope was, it was washed uh, after I wore it at practice. I sweat like a mule. It was washed. Yeah, it definitely was. All right. Any closing remarks, fellas? Well, see you next episode. Yeah, we'll see you guys next episode. We're talking NFL. Um, maybe we'll talk about a few other things. We'll see. We'll have a visitor. We will have a visitor. To be to be announced. You just you just gotta tune in and find out. Make sure you follow us on social media. Listen on whatever podcast you listen to. And if you want to visually see our beautiful faces and Phil's phenomenal goatees got going on right now. Exquisite. On YouTube at We Talk Balls. Other than that, and on TikTok now. And on TikTok, we are on TikTok. Phil does not own owe all of our subscribers a hundred dollars, unfortunately. We're on TikTok now, boys. We are on TikTok. We'd love to hear some feedback too. If you guys want to email, we talk balls at Gmail. Yeah, or DM us on Instagram. Either one works. Yep. yep. Feedback. Got something to say? Want us to talk about something? Just let us know, and we'll be uh, happy to hear from you guys. Yeah. Everything's appreciated. Thank you guys for listening. The chase and the hunt, and I set the pace when I'm running. I always take what I want, and I always give it 100. Don't need a bank, so I'm funded. Play the game.